Hi, this is Dr. Jonathan Vorce's daughter, Nikki, from Lakewood Family Church. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. Hope this inspires you, helps you, and uplifts you. We're here to win the lost, to train disciples, and to make Jesus famous. Hope you enjoy the message today. Father, we come to you today. We thank you for this opportunity to get in your word and to explore I thank you for Pentecost. I thank you for the experience of Pentecost. I pray, Lord, that you would just touch my ears, touch our ears, touch my ears to hear you, touch their ears, Lord, to hear the word. I pray that you would touch my mouth to speak the oracles of God. May, our, may, may we not only receive information, but may our understanding be enlightened, and may it spur us and inspire us to the application of your word. And we thank you for it, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Familiar portions of Scripture this morning, starting out Acts chapter 1, verse 8, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And then we go to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39 says, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now listen, for the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The scriptures tell us that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that we would show forth the praises of Him who has called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. So you're the called. So when we look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 39, even as many as the Lord our God shall call, and you look and you notice that the word says that you're a chosen generation, and royal priesthood, a holy nation, even as many as the Lord are, we are called. We are called by God. We are chosen by God. So anybody that tells you that the experience of Pentecost died with the apostles doesn't understand Scripture. They've not done a, a good, thorough examination of what that means. As long as people are being called by God to be saved and to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, then the effects of Pentecost are accelerating in the earth. Notice I'm not saying duplicating. They are accelerating in the earth. What does that mean? That means Jesus said it. He said, the works I do ye shall do and greater because I go to my Father who sends you the Comforter who will abide with you forever. And then He clarified that it was the Holy Spirit, even the Spirit of truth whom you have not received because you see Him not neither know Him, but ye shall know Him for He shall be with you and shall dwell in you. And so that's the Holy Spirit coming into people, not just on people. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit rested upon people. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit comes into people, resides in people, and flows out of people. This is the reason for Pentecost. This is the purpose of Pentecost. Now technically, Pentecost just simply means 50 days. That's really what Pentecost means. Technically, it just simply means 50 days, and it was 50 days after Jesus ascended into heaven. 50 days. Pentecost is a one-day celebration that follows the, actually not 50 days, 40 days after, no, 10 days after Jesus ascended into heaven, 50 days after He rose from the grave. 
Pentecost is a one-day celebration that follows the harvest feast, the Feast of First Fruits or the Feast of Weeks. It's, this feast literally lasts for seven weeks. Seven weeks, 49 days of feasting, 49 days of celebration, 49 days of wave offerings, 49 days of shouting, of eating, of having a good time. So anybody that tells you serving God should be a somber exercise has never studied the Feast of Pentecost. I'm telling you, seven weeks of celebration. And then on the 50th day, the next day, the 50th day was where everything culminated and it was the Jewish Harvest Home Celebration where people, according to Deuteronomy chapter 16, verses 10 and 11, were encouraged to rejoice before Jehovah with their family and with their servants and with the Levite within their gates and with the stranger and the fatherless and the widow in the place chosen by God for His name. And they brought a freewill offering of their hand to Jehovah their God. So on the 50th day, they all gathered together. They had a massive celebration. Hundreds of thousands of people all worshiping, waving, praising God, loving God. Weren't worried about what tribe they were from. Are you Lutheran? No, I'm not Lutheran. What's a Lutheran? Lutheran wasn't even in, you know, wasn't even in existence then. Are you Baptist? No, what's a Baptist? Baptist wasn't even in existence then. They were all just worshiping God. They were all different tribes of Israel, but they were all gods. They all belonged to God. And so they all came together. It's one of the most perfect and beautiful pictures of unity that we find in the Scripture. The Bible said in the place of unity is where God commands His blessing, even life forevermore. On this day and throughout this seven weeks of celebration, but specifically on this day, the priest led the entire nation of Israel in a reflection on the power of God that delivered them from the hand of Egypt, from the land of Egypt. The pinnacle of the celebration was the presentation of the two loaves of unleavened bread, which was a type and a shadow of Christ who would come, who would be sinless, He would be without sin. And so the pinnacle of that celebration was the presentation of those two loaves of unleavened bread, and those two loaves were made. Now listen, this is, and we'll, you'll see why this is important in just a few moments. These two loaves of unleavened bread were made from the first fruits of the wheat harvest. Look at your neighbor and say, first fruits. So they were made from the first fruits of the wheat harvest. Now with the loaves, two lambs were offered as a peace offering. And all of this, the loaves and the lambs, were waved before Jehovah as a wave offering. They were waved and waved and waved just like that and given to the priest. There were other sacrifices that were made. The Bible tells us in Leviticus 23 verses 18 through 19 that there was a burnt offering of a young bullock. There were two rams. There were seven lambs with meat and drink offerings and there was a kid that was given for a sin offering. The whole ceremony on Pentecost day, on the 50th day, the whole ceremony was the completion of the dedication of the harvest to God as the giver of the harvest as a, and it was also the beginning or the first fruits of that harvest 
So they were giving God the first fruits of that harvest. And through this, they were sanctifying the rest of the harvest. Through this, they were sanctifying the next season of their lives. Through this, they were sanctifying their children. They were sanctifying their businesses. And they were sanctifying them, which means, which means cleaning them up and setting them holy before the Lord. Setting them holy, setting them aside for a holy purpose. They were sanctifying them and they were making them holy unto the Lord. And so when we look at this, we see that it was a time of celebration in Israel. If we can, if we can go back just a little bit from what we're talking about here, go back to the book of Exodus chapter 12 and Exodus chapter 17, we see where God was given the law to the children of Israel on the Mount of God in Mount Sinai. The law was given, listen to this, on the 50th day after Israel's deliverance from Egypt. Moses went into the mountain. They didn't wander. Now they wandered for 40 years in the desert, but that was not God's original, original plan. It was not his original intention. When God gave Moses, when God gave Moses the law, then they were there. He gave it to them on the 50th day. So they'd been wandering around, not really wandering, just kind of traveling through, and they'd seen God do so many different things. And now on the 50th day, they're receiving the law. So the, the appearance of God on Mount Sinai is widely regarded in theology, if it matters, is widely regarded in theology as the official birthday of the Jewish nation. I know the Jewish nation was recognized in May of 1948. I understand that, but it was official. it's widely regarded in Christian theology as the birthday of the Jewish nation, the day that, that uh, Moses received the law on Mount Sinai. Now, this is why it's important for you to, to have paid attention to what I just shared with you just a few moments ago. All right? Now listen. Listen to this. In the exodus from Egypt, listen very closely to what I'm getting ready to say. In the exodus from Egypt, the people, not a lamb, not a bullock, not a turtle dove, Nothing like that. The people were offered to God as His living first fruits. In their exodus from Egypt, the people were offered to God as His living first fruits. They were the beginnings of what God was trying to do. God was going to take them through the wilderness. They had a land flowing with milk and honey. They were moving out of 400 years of bondage, 400 years of slavery, 400 years of serving. They were moving out of that through a wilderness into a land that was bountiful, that was flowing with milk and honey. So when they first came out of Egypt, the people were offered to God as living first fruits. Fifty days later, fifty days later, on Mount Sinai, their consecration to Him as a nation was completed. Was completed. So when Moses came down and shared the law with them, and of course they'd had some problems, you know, with the golden calf and all of that, and he went back up and came back down, and that whole particular uh, uh, time there, time frame there, when he came back down and everything was finally established, then we see the completion, and then Israel moved forward, moved forward for 40 years, with 40 years in the wilderness. Now they wouldn't have had to stay 40 years in the wilderness if they'd had their attitude right. Hello. The Word of God says that they stayed there because they complained. Because they complained, because they had the wrong attitude. 
How many times do we not receive the blessing of God because our attitude's wrong? Well, I just don't know if I believe that or not. It don't mean it, that don't make it not true. Hello? An atheist says, well, I just don't believe in God. Well, that doesn't mean there's not a God. All right? We have to keep our attitude right. We have to keep our spirit right. You know, we do. We have to stay in love. We do. Uh, sometimes you have to make tough decisions and people misinterpret you as holding a grudge when you're holding a boundary. You know, I mean, sometimes you just have to do what you have to do. Okay, but that doesn't mean that you don't love. You know, it, it doesn't mean that you're not doing the right thing. And so the people were offered to God as living first fruits, and on Mount Sinai that was completed. Now, I want you to look at this very closely. Time of celebration for the church. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost was fully come. So we know what Pentecost was. It means 50. All right? So when the day of Pentecost was fully come. You have to understand, just because Jesus had came, bled, died, risen again, ascended into heaven, it didn't mean that the Jewish seven-week feast of Pentecost had come to an end. There were Jews everywhere for seven weeks celebrating. So on the day of Pentecost, you've got to get this picture, you've got 120 in the upper room. Now the Bible said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 3 that Jesus was seen of over 500 brethren. And He proved Himself alive with many infallible proofs. That's what the Word says. Alright? But there's only 120 left 10 days later in the upper room. But they might be in the upper room, but if they looked down in the streets, there was celebration going on. There was a celebration. It was the 50th day. It was the day where they were going to lift the loaves. It was the day when they were going to sacrifice the two lambs. It was the day when they were going to talk about their deliverance out of Egypt. It was the day when they were going to rejoice because they were no longer in bondage. It was that day. It was the day when the stranger would rejoice with another person that they did not know, which was a stranger. It was, everybody was rejoicing. And then all of a sudden in that upper room, the Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit comes as the birth of the church. Just like thousands of years before, you had the birth of a nation. You had the birth of a nation, the cloud that came down over Mount Sinai where the law of God was given. The cloud is a symbol of the glory of God. Moses came and stood on the edge of that mountain and his face was radiating with such glory that they had put a veil on his face because the people could not look at him because the radiance of the glory of God. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible said that tongues of fire came down and sat upon each of them and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Then they went outside and manifested so much that people thought they were drunk. What was it? Just like the birth of the Jewish nation thousands of years before, this was the birth of the church the ecclesia, the assembly of called out ones, the governing structure, the governing order of God's church. And what God was trying to say is right here on the day of Pentecost, just like thousands of years ago when I birthed the Jewish nation, now I'm birthing the message of the gospel of the grace of God that says whosoever will let
let them come unto me. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come men, come women, come different nations, different kindreds, different nationalities. All of you, come, come. And so, so we see that. And, but, but what happened was he established something a little bit different this time. Now you got to get this. He established something a little bit different this time. We would look at that and naturally say, well, okay, this was the beginning of the church, so the 120 were the first fruits. No, what he established was every single person that becomes part of the redeemed, the moment that they give their life to Christ, becomes the first fruits of the brethren. Not only do we give first fruits, not only do we do that, but this is the point that I'm really trying to make this morning is you are God's first fruits of the redeemed in heaven. You are God's first fruits. So uh, with knowing that, so, so, so what do we do? Well, we celebrate. We celebrate. What did the children of Israel do when they came out of Egypt? They started to celebrate. Did they murmur and complain? Yes, they did, didn't they? But they sang Miriam's song before they were murmuring and complaining. They sang Miriam's song. They walked up to the Red Sea. They walked across on dry ground. They had a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. They, the Bible says that, that uh, they cut down a, a, a tree and, and tossed a branch into a bitter spring and it turned into sweet water. The Bible said that Moses should have you know, spoke to the rock, but instead he struck it. But 20, it took 27 million gallons of water a day to take care of 3 million people. In order to feed the people in the desert with manna, the Bible said every single morning they would have to have manna. And the Bible said that it just appeared to them on the ground. If you put that in boxcar loads, that's 600 boxcar loads of manna a day. Quail would come through in the evening and they would just reach up and pluck it out of the sky. Just reach up and grab it. What you going to eat? Manna and quail. You, why don't you come to my house for dinner tonight? What's on the menu? Manna and quail. We're going to have manna and quail. A, a meal provided by God. Okay, I just keep feeling prodded by the Holy Spirit to say this. I didn't want to get into this because I didn't want to get too deep theologically this morning. But, you know, when the children of Israel brought their gifts, when they were, when they were bringing their gifts to the Lord... The Bible said that they needed uh, uh, like leather for the temple. So they brought all of that to the Lord. Well, the leather that they gave came from like seals and stuff like that out of the Nile River. All right? I think, the, I think it's called papyra or something like that. I'd have to look it up again. But it's something like that. And so here's, the, here's the cool thing about that, okay? They gave everything that they had that they used to actually make shoes and to make clothes. You know what the Bible says after they gave their offerings for building the temple? The Bible said, if you read it, the Bible said that in the 40 years they were wandering in the, in the wilderness that the soles of their feet never wore out. Because they gave God a first fruit. They gave God a first fruit. Now here's the point that you've, you've got to get this this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, you're, you're God's first fruits. You're God's first fruits, okay? So what do we do as the first fruits? Well... We celebrate. We celebrate. So what does Pentecost mean today? This is the day that we celebrate the birth of the church. It's not the day that we celebrate the birth of the Jewish nation. 
The Jews did that all the way up till Pentecost, what we would call Pentecost Sunday. Okay? But we celebrate. It's a time of celebration. It's the celebration of the birth of the church. The ecclesia, God's divine order. God's divine order. Every little town had what they called an ecclesia. We would call it a mayor's council. They were the ones that were putting together the structure for that little town to work by. Jesus told Peter, you're Peter and upon this rock I'll build my church. That word church is the word ecclesia, which means order, God's divine order. So I'm giving you a structure, I'm giving you an order. And that structure and order is the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus sat down and taught them things pertaining to the kingdom of heaven. God's systems and God's ways of doing things. So God gave us structure, God gave us a system, and He gave us a sacrifice. All of that together positioned us to receive the power. The power on the day of Pentecost. So Jesus comes, He becomes the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. He's the sacrifice. He comes, He explains God's divine order by looking at Peter and said, You're Peter upon this rock, I'll build my church, Ecclesia. Then He sits down and He teaches people things pertaining to the kingdom of heaven, which is God's systems and God's ways of doing things. You see, Jesus never did anything without purpose. So when Jesus came, He not only came to die, but Jesus came to set up His church. So He he not only came to die, He came to set up His church. So His church is set up. So He came to be the sacrifice. He came to put in order. All right? And then He came to teach system. And when He did that, He said, all right, now I'm going to go to heaven and when I go, I'm going to return through the Holy Spirit and endue you with the power to make all of this work. Are you starting to get this now? So then you become the first fruits. You become the first fruits of the resurrection. All right, now. It's also a spiritual experience. 3,000 saved. Acts 2, 41, 3,000 people were saved. Acts 4 and 4, 5,000 people were saved. All first fruits. Acts chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power, by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it made known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. So, Pentecost today is a time of celebration. It's a time of spiritual sacrifice, wave offerings, praise and worship. It's a time of significant giving. It's also a time where we realize that we are the first fruits of the, of the church. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 23. Here's what the Word says. And not only they, but ourselves also which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. So Pentecost today identifies Christians as those who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Now remember, when they came out of Egypt, the Bible called the Jews, when they came out of Egypt, the first fruits of deliverance, right? So now we have the first fruits of the Spirit. So salvation, 
Holy Spirit baptism, according to Romans 8.23, are the beginnings of the Spirit-led life. Now, we go to Acts chapter 10 and we can see where the Spirit of God poured out on Cornelius' house. But here's the main thing that we need to remember. As the first fruits, you're special to God. When it, that means if I'm a first fruit, that means I'm a gift God can give. All right? If you're a first fruit, that means you're a gift God can give. That's why there is a drive inside of us to say, Jesus, use me. Lord, use me. Because you're a gift that God can give. Not only have you been redeemed, not only have you been bought with the price, not only are you born again, not only you know, are you part of the body of Christ and, and you're setting God's divine order, but you are an instrument that God can use. You are a gift that God can give. So as, as at the time of Pentecost, which is where we are right now, this is a time of thanksgiving, and it's also an annual reminder that God has endued us with power from on high to work the works of Him that sent us, which is miracles, to work those miracles. It's also a reminder that Jesus still baptizes people with the Holy Spirit, even with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. It's still, it's still a reminder that God wants to activate us today. Can you imagine what God could do with a fully activated church? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? So here's what I want us to do today. I was just praying and asking the Lord, because I knew it was going to be a long message, and I was just praying and asking the Lord, what should we do? So I want us all to stand right here. And I want us just to lift our hands toward heaven. And I just want you to prepare your heart and just begin to cry out to God and say, Lord, I'm your first fruits. Use me. Use me, Lord. Use me. Fill me with power. Work the works of Him that sent us. Just begin to give Him wave offerings, just like they did on that Pentecost. And they would give them wave offerings. That, just a wave offering. Just, Lord, we worship you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we magnify you as the first fruits, Lord, of the New Testament church. Those that's been bought with the price. Those that's been redeemed. Those that's received the spirit of grace and supplication, Lord. We worship you. We praise you. Come on, lift your voices and begin to worship. Come on. Lord, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. It was during celebration that the Holy Spirit came. It was during celebration that the Holy Spirit came. Come on, hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those who helped to give to keep the gospel moving forward. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description or visit jvorse.org for more information. Please share, like, subscribe if you enjoyed our podcast. Take a screenshot and tag us at Lakewood Family Church. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.